Hi everyone, Bestie April here. The following episode was previously released in video format only. Molly and I have decided to re-release this episode as a season four bonus episode in an mp3 format because that is our most popular platform and I have some an exciting update. So I recently found out that Nicole will be releasing a workbook version of her book, Please Don't Say You're Sorry. Um, and there's no release date as of right now. It's still TBD, but her publicist reached out to share the info with me. And by permission, I am sharing it with our awesome bestie listeners. Um, I hope you enjoy this episode. I sat down with Nicole in April before we went to the Annapolis Book Festival, and I got to have a one-on-one interview with her, and it was absolutely delightful. So uh, this is my interview with marriage-loving divorce attorney, Nicole Zabilma. Enjoy. She's April. And she's Molly. And we are... The Book Besties. It's one of the reasons that I named the book, Please Don't Say You're Sorry. Because when you change how you think you're defined, when somebody says, oh, I'm so sorry, you immediately are like, victim, wait, did something happen to me that is that you should feel sorry for? And then you start to feel sorry for yourself and then you're trying to fill this void. <laughs> Hi. Oh, Hello. <laughs> Hi, everybody. It's Bestie April here. And today I am here with Nicole Sodoma, who is an attorney and an author. Um, just going to give a quick bio on you, if that's okay, Nicole, and then we'll get into your book. All right. So um, you started Sodoma Law in 2008, correct? Yes, we are in our 15th year and I'm in my 23rd year of practicing law. Wow, that's incredible. Um, you have 28 attorneys and 60 staff. That's amazing. Um, and Please Don't Say You're Sorry, was pub where your, which is your first book, was published in 2022. And you, I love this from your website, so I'm going to quote this. Um, she is recognized for her commitment to my clients and entrepreneurship vision and community involvement. So I love that because I'm a librarian and like, that is my jam community involvement, entrepreneurship. That's my husband's thing. It's not my thing. Um, vision. Love it. Love it. Um, so I, I want to give everybody a, a little background as to why we're doing this shorter episode today. Um, and it's just me and Nicole and not Molly. Um, so we are going to be at the Annapolis Book Festival on April 29th. Um, and we're interviewing authors there. We've been talking about it on social media. We've been talking about it in our episodes. However, we did not have enough time to get uh, Nicole in to our schedule because we are crunched for time that day. And the only time that we could do it was when you were in your session. So that was a big time bummer. So instead, we're doing this short little episode now um, to get to chat with you about your book. Um, and full disclosure to our listeners, I have not actually had a chance to read this one yet because we've been reading like crazy prepping. And so I haven't read this one yet. But um, I wanted you to tell us a little bit about your book. Please don't say you're sorry. Um, and uh, we'll talk more about the Annapolis Book Festival and the Key Schools. So can you tell us about your book, Nicole? 
So the subtitle of Please Don't Say You're Sorry is an empowering perspective on marriage, separation, and divorce from a marriage-loving divorce attorney. I love that. Because I'm a marriage-loving divorce attorney. Okay. What I discovered was after 20 years of practicing law, spending almost every one of those years in the area of family law, opening a law firm, we've got five locations, Mm -hmm. I manage the practice, and then I got divorced. Hmm. And I was the least likely person that anybody ever thought would ever get divorced. I mean, think about all the things I've learned about right. marriage and divorce and all these things. And um, I realized that there were all of these things that my clients weren't telling me and things that I wasn't telling my clients mm-hmm. or that lawyers don't tell their clients. Mm-hmm. And so uh, what started out as a... Um, how to keep your marriage together, the top 30 things to yeah. do, which I actually thought would be a fun bathroom book before we all took Instagram to the bathroom with us. Yeah, I mean, very true. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, was that I do like the top 30 things uh, not to do if you want your marriage to stay together. And I met my co author, Jocelyn Dovey, and she said, Wow, there's so many things we need to be talking about. Yeah. Uh, there's so many stories. So, my perspective is that of um, uh, my normal growing up was divorce. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm Same. 20, right? So 20, and that's not unusual, mm-hmm. right? And how we grow up is unique to us and what we create is yeah. our normal. And so um, uh, at that, had that perspective, uh, blended the blended, fa- excuse me, the blended family perspective, right. then I'm a divorce lawyer for 20 something years. And then I got divorced and wow, um, I felt like there were so many things that we could be doing better as humans, yeah. as parents, as spouses, as partners. And so um, the book is divided into three parts. Okay. It is the first part is about marriage. And there, uh, in addition to stories, there are also anecdotes and resources and programs. You know, we don't want to wait until we're getting divorced to try to fix our marriage. That yeah. would be a terrible idea. Right. So, um, it's a lot harder than at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the second section is about separating. And the third section is about divorce. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the end of each section, there are going to be some tough questions for you to answer. Uh, I've learned that some people are, uh, some groups in the Carolinas are using, please don't say you're sorry, uh, to workshop among their uh, leadership groups. Oh, and I love that. so, yes, I love that. It wasn't what I thought would happen. Right. And, um, I think my goal really is to get the book in the hands of people who um, want their marriage to stay healthy and happy or who would give the book as to someone who is considering divorce or separation. The reality is, is that people don't always know when that's going to happen. And so um, the other idea is that, you know, we buy insurance, we uh, we are, we always try to stay prepared for mm-hmm. all things, but we aren't as prepared in our relationships. Yeah. And uh, if we know anything is true, it takes two to say, I do. And only one to say, I don't exactly. You don't have to be the one to agree to get divorced. Somebody could come home one day and say, they don't want to be married to you anymore. Mm-hmm. And are you prepared for that? 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I love the spirit behind it. I like that a lot. Um, 
and so I'm in my 40s and uh, I've been married for where this is our, our, our 13th year. And I don't know a single couple that has been at that this as long as we have that hasn't had a moment where they had to work through some tough stuff. Um, and I think you're absolutely right. Uh, when you're at the end, it's a little late then to really backtrack. Like you have to keep working at it all along. Um, and I think that there are so many books about like what you do before you say I do, but there aren't those books that are like, Hey, we're here. We've been at this a while and, and we need to make sure we're keeping that fire going and keeping that, um, that spark. Um, so that's really great. I love it. What formats are, is the book in hardback? Is it audiobook as well? Is there an ebook? It is. I did my own audible. I love which- that. My the my favorite Audible that I'd ever listened to was Glennon Doyle um, when she did Untamed. Okay. And I listened to it in 2028. And I think that was right after it came out. And uh, to hear her voice and uh, the way that she mm-hmm. used it, it, I listened to it differently than I read it. Mm-hmm. And so I was convinced when they said I could do my own Audible, I was like, count me in. I love it. Um, so I've re- I really enjoyed it. I said my side hustle, if I... if uh, if I decide not to practice law, run law firms, <laughs> um, you know, write books, if I don't do any more, like I'm going to be an audible, uh, I'm going to be an audible narrator. I, like I love it. Dream. <laughs> I feel like that's a dream. Um, yeah, we love audiobooks on Book Besties. Uh, Molly, who is my pod partner, is dyslexic. And so we talk a lot on this podcast about accessibility. Um, and personally, I like that your audio, that your book is also available as an audiobook because not that you shouldn't speak with your spouse to let them know like, hey, we're, we need to work through these things. But like, maybe you feel like you need to like dip your toes in first before you talk to your partner about it. So this could be a car ride listen as well. Um, well, and they're great like talking points in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, and like it's going to, the book is going to take you through some stories that existed for, you know, what I've experienced, not only personally, um, as a, as a kid, as a lawyer, as a parent, because I've got three boys, um, as a partner and as an ex-partner, and um, I got remarried yeah. like a crazy person. So, because um, I'm a marriage, love, and divorce attorney. So I'm now going through how to make blended family work and what a whole new experience yeah. that is. Yeah. So um, I, we, uh, together we have five Mm. Uh, children and an animal. We say we've got three dogs and two cats. Mm. <laughs> so blending not only uh, humans but right. animals. Yeah. Um, I have so two boys. So that boy life. Oh, you do? Yeah, yeah. I have two boys. Um, yeah, they're uh, they're really great. Um, they keep me very busy, and uh, they're they're ten and six, and um, my youngest is almost seven, and we're having difficulty finding people our age who have kids our age because we kind of got a late start. (laughs) So I say I got a little bit of a late start too. And I've got one that's about to start driving and he's my oldest. Mm -hmm. And it's, it really is like, uh, there's all so different the ages. And Mm -hmm. now I will tell you that you you guys have been married for 13 years. Mm -hmm. So you're getting ready to pass what I think is the toughest part of staying married. Mm. So 
Um, I did of our client base and I represent men and women and the entire practice represents men and women in all of its locations. We're about, it's about 50, 50. Isn't that interesting? I don't know why I think that's interesting, but. Well, I mean, there are um, uh, attorneys that will only represent men or only represent women in divorce. So I think that's actually good that you will do either. We, we definitely have the perspective, uh, from both sides, Mm -hmm. um, of partnerships, but, um, my, what I have researched so far tells me that years 11 to 13 are the tough years. And uh, um, to bring in some celebrity divorces, if you notice, just pay attention to how long the celebrities who are getting divorced are in the headlines, how long they were married. It's really interesting. 11 to 13, they're some tough years. That's interesting. Yeah. 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 I never thought about that because you always hear like the first year is the hardest. I feel like for us, our first very hard year was when we had our son because now we're parenting somebody and we grew up very differently. Um, I am the kid of divorce as well. Um, And several times divorced. My mom has remarried and blended several times. Um, And Tom's parents are still together and um his grandparents are still together and so uh we just grew and he grew up in a a home that was raised in church and i did not and we wanted to raise our kids in church and like it was just a lot to deal with um he was also active duty so like for us our first year was cake our first year as parents was hard that was our first hard year and at that point we were together for we had been married for three years that was the three-year mark so So I, you know, I don't know who made up the seven year itch. I probably should research that, but I'm not, I don't, I don't see a lot of seven year itch Mm -hmm. divorces. Um, And I mean, we're talking about thousands of consults. I don't see a lot of that. I do. um, I I agree that in my personal experience that that year three, Mm -hmm. uh, year five, that was tough. Mm -hmm. And it does coincide with, um, I think if you're going to choose to have a family or increase your responsibilities and all those triggers, now I'm curious. Um, do you feel? Uh, and I ask these questions about divorce. Like, do you feel defined, um, or do you by how each of you were raised, or do you think that it has strengthened your perspectives? I feel like I've said that word a lot in oh, the yeah. last. I don't know how long we've been on, okay. but um, you know, it's um, because it, it's so easy to do a little blame game mm-hmm. on how we were raised and how that defines us. And then when you, if you should ever, and I'm not talking about you and your husband, but as you come across people who have experienced separation and divorce and how they may start to define themselves by Mm -hmm. the results of their relationship. Yeah. um, You know, it's a hard, uh, especially when you're in, in those initial stages of separation and divorce, uh, you when you know, there's a possibility that your friends change and right. um, or that friends feel like they have to pick a side. I mean, yeah. not all divorces are contentious, but it's interesting to see right. how our parents' divorce plays into the decisions we make. Yeah, I think and our friends and family, right? Right. Yeah, I think that um, I define myself a lot by my childhood, mostly because it it's a long story, but it's an overcoming story. Um, so that is one of the ways I define myself. But I would say in my adult life, a, a great deal of how my, I define myself is as Tom's wife and my son's mom. And so I imagine that like, if you are doing a dissolution of marriage, if you're getting divorced, if that is how you define yourself, like 
are you aimless at that point? Like, who even are you? Because in my 40s, like, I feel like that is how I'm defined. I'm defined as a, a librarian. If I weren't a librarian, what would I be doing? It's the same thing with that. Um, I think Tom's one of the, I'm sorry. It's one of the reasons that I named the book. Please don't say you're sorry. Yeah. Because when you change how you think you're defined, mm -hmm. when somebody says, oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. You immediately are like victim. Really? Wait, did something happen to me that is that you should feel sorry for? And then you start to feel sorry for yourself and then you're trying to fill this void. Yeah. And uh, it is um, it is you're, you are able to overcome it, but only with the right resources and the mm -hmm. right um, attitude and 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 support system and knowledge. Right. Yeah. So, I, I really love that because. When I read the title, Please Don't Say You're Sorry, I thought, well, that is an interesting title for a book about divorce. But the idea that other people, other people are putting you in that position of, oh, I'm so sorry that happened when they don't really know. I, and I, I'm not the expert. I know that you, uh, uh, you obviously have more experience with divorce being that you are a divorce attorney. But to me, I don't ever think these things happen overnight. It's a buildup. It's a progression towards divorce. Um, nobody, I, you do have the people that come home and say, I, I'm not in love with you anymore. I don't love you anymore. But something started that somewhere this started. Um, so it doesn't happen overnight. No, absolutely. Not. You know, uh, um, there's so many amazing therapists, mm -hmm. um, PhDs. Oh, my gosh. Uh, um, and some would say it could be as simple as resentment, mm -hmm. resentment building until there's a point where, uh, and until there's a point where there's no going back right. contempt. Um, Steven Stosny's got great work on this. I mean, there's, there are so many people that if you can, there's so many people and resources that if you are, if you just communicate about it, the sooner, the better so that you recognize when it's happening you have an opportunity to save it, but it's going to take both people to do the work. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we get the question that, or I, I get the question a lot, like, what is the reason that most people get divorced? Is it money, drugs, uh, adultery? Um, and people always think they know the answer, but it's usually, you know, I don't know. I think people are surprised to find out what the, what the real reasons are, because it's usually uh, a combination of all of those things. But how I usually start my consults with asking people how they met mm -hmm. because I want to take them back mm -hmm. to remembering what it was like. And then I, I usually ask them why they, they think they're here and why does their spouse think they're here? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, understanding how we got here uh, is just part of um, the part of the process. Yeah. Because uh, it's not an easy process to go through, and um, it is—it feels like a full-time job. And if you think you're leaving someone because you can't manage that relationship anymore, and you have children together, mm -hmm. guess what? They're not going to change. So you need to spend real time learning your own coping skills, mm -hmm. figuring out what it is that makes you happy, being okay with that. Right. And that takes real work. Right. Yeah. You know, it takes real work. 100%. Um, so this was your first book. 
So I'm curious, um, did you outline this? Did you kind of write off the cuff? How did this process work for you? It took about a year. Mm -hmm. It was very cathartic. <laughs> um, I, uh, you know, I went through all the, my favorite lessons mm -hmm. that I had learned. Um, some of my favorite experiences in the courtroom, um, you know, I feel like with every single consult, every time I come in contact with a human who is going through the separation and divorce process or going back for a modification, because, you know, sometimes, especially like when we think about life post 2008, when people were changing jobs mm -hmm. because of what the market was doing or right. taking children out of private schools and putting them in public schools or whatever it is, moving you know, it wasn't just people getting separated and divorced, that it was really just about educating them. So I, and telling them what it was like, like, let me give you the example. Let me tell you what it feels like and how to prepare yourself for the moment that you're on the soccer field yeah. and your kids leave with another parent and you don't get to go. Yeah. So yeah. how are you managing that? You kept like, and, and, and it may be that you're, your job was to keep yourself safe, right. right? That you needed to create those boundaries. That person wasn't the one for you, but right. know what that looks like on the other side, make smart decisions. Right. And so a lot of the process of writing the book was um, thinking about those moments in a 20 year family law practice that not only was mine, I mean, between Ooh. all of us here, we've got hundreds of years of experience right. or 28 lawyers and all of these clients that we've helped. And, um, uh, and of course, my, as I said, my own experiences in divorce and just thought I, I got all of the stories out. And sometimes I'll, I'll tell you a story and I'll go, I don't know if that one made it in the book, but I have to tell you about this thing that happened. Um, so, uh, so that was really the process was, mm -hmm. you know, picking out those uh, experiences that I was witness to or that I uh, navigated with another human and um, and asking somebody, teaching someone how to manage it and, yeah. um, you know, dispelling myths, you know, taking the things I hear in almost every consult and saying, I always get asked this question. Let me answer it for you right here. So, you know, we all got to speak the same language. Right. You know, someone who is going through a separation and divorce, it is scary as hell to talk about it, yes. but let's all be talking. Let's use the same words. Right. Our, our state laws may be different, but overall the principles are the same. We are going to be talking about what happens if, when you're no longer married, right. we're going to be talking about how you parent children with somebody that you may not get along with or like, right. but how do you love your children more than you dislike that human? Right. We're going to be talking about assets and debts and um, how things get divided and how you support yourself and how your children are supported. Mm -hmm. Like those are the common themes. Now right. that's aside from talking about domestic violence and talking about all these other issues that come in, but like in large part, let's make sure we all have, that same language and know right. how to resolve it, how to manage our own selves, because that's the only thing we can control and how to help our kids through it. Because depending on the age of your children, their coping skills are going to be different. Right. So, you know, instead of, I mean, this is probably really anti-litigator in me. So like I'm looking out the window to make sure to see who's listening, <laughs> but like, you know, uh, 
your lawyers aren't going to say to you, I mean, usually your lawyers aren't going to say to you, like, uh, let's not go ask for primary custody. This lawyer would probably say, um, we're going to do what's right for you and your children mm-hmm. and probably in not that order. Like we have to focus on rights for them. But in the meantime, right. I want you to be teaching them coping skills Yeah, because they're, you know, there's really not such thing as sole custody. Mm-hmm. So if the other parent uh, is a, is a drinker or an abuser, mm-hmm. um, you know, realistically, you're not cutting that child off from the other parent. Right. So teach that child coping skills in an age appropriate way right. so that they're safe, so that they understand boundaries. I mean, what a disservice we do. You don't want your lawyer on payroll for the rest of your life. That's not the goal. Right, right. So um, so I know that's a really long answer to your question, yeah, but right. I feel very passionate about, right. um, about the real life of uh, relationships and the things that either someone might go through, but for sure, you know, someone who has been through it or will go through it. So why are we not talking about it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So uh, are you working on anything new? Any new book? I am, you know, right now, um, I'm not supposed to say (laughs) that I think we're working this into a one's. I know we need to be like, we're going to be friends. So we're working it into a workbook. I'm starting a speaker circuit. Okay. um, With, um, um, I'm starting a speaker circuit. Actually, the first one is in Charlotte, North Carolina uh, this week. Wow. So we're going to, I'm going to be creating a workbook based on the things we're talking about that um, will eventually, hopefully by June, be available on the site. I love um, and this. Yeah. I mean, you know, knowing that people are already using the book right. at the end of the sections to workbook. So we're going to make that a little bit more robust. And uh, the website is, it's NicoleSedoma.com um, is our book site. And we'll put a um, link below so you can link okay. directly to your website. Thanks. And I, I love hearing questions and, um, and what people are experiencing and making sure they get pointed in the right direction. Yeah, for sure. You know, and that's not always a lawyer, you know, a a lawyer should be a season of your life, but setting you up for success after they're done, after their job is done. Right. Yeah. Um, So just out of curiosity, pivot for me. Uh, I, I was wondering if you have a favorite book or a favorite author that you could share with our listeners. I have so many. Oh, that's my problem too. <laughs> so I'm a big Jodi Picoult fan. Oh, we love Jodi Picoult. So yeah. uh, we did uh, My Sister's Keeper in the first season, but yes. my favorite one by her is probably uh, The Storyteller. Have you read that one? I'm looking at my shelf over there. I don't think I've read that one. So it's uh, a World War II like one of the stories takes place during the Holocaust and one of the stories takes place in the present and the stories weave together. And it's just Jodi Picoult at her finest. And um, I love it. I also really liked 19 minutes, which is about oh, 19 oh, minutes. That was hard for I, me because before I became a librarian, I, that was a, I was a teacher. So a school shooting like that, that really, mm-hmm. you know, that's triggering for me. School shootings are happening so frequently. And when you have kids in school and when you're a teacher, like that's tough. Um, 19 minutes is one of my all-time favorites and I just read uh I read whatever the the most recent one 
that made her, I like, cannot remember. All, the, all little things or all tiny things or something like that. Is that it? The next one. Oh, the one after that. Okay. I'm not sure what that was. Yes. Um, that one was amazing too. I loved it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, every time I put down one of her books, I'm like, I can't read another book. I know. I, th- there won't be one as mm-hmm. good as this. Mm-hmm. Um, we're doing, um, we just did Burnout here uh, at Sedona Law. Okay. We did a, um, we're doing some, some mental health awareness. And we did Burnout. Um, Brene Brown and uh, the sisters who wrote Burnout mm-hmm. do a beautiful job on their podcast. They did mm-hmm. a podcast together once uh, based on their book, but I actually loved the podcast and how, how succinct they were mm-hmm. in getting their message across. Yeah. Um, I, uh, um, for people who are going through divorce, um, Bill Eddy is a lawyer and a therapist and he has written some very easy to read books on mm-hmm. high conflict divorces. I hand his book out like they're candy at my office because I think the more you know on high conflict and right. um, it, like it just makes you better in the process. Uh, I was like I said, like that Glennon Doyle book, Untamed. Mm-hmm. You've read that? Listen to it. I have not. I have not. But I will definitely put it on my list. <laughs> I stood in a tree pose with a glass of wine and her in my ears Mm. for about four days with a notebook, taking notes. And when it was over, I felt relief. Uh, um, She has a line in there and I don't know if it's hers, but she talks about families. And I think it's about relationships that you get to this point where you feel held and free. Mm Mm-hmm that in like in a real love relationship where there's this mutual exchange of energy. And so I, her idea of held and free mm-hmm. in family, mm-hmm. I take forward into relationships and actually it was part of my vows mm-hmm. when I, I got that. remarried. I love that. Yeah. Feeling held and free. Yeah. Isn't that just like, that. yeah, awesome. I do too. Uh, my yeah. favorite book ever is to kill a Mockingbird by Harper Lee, oh, which of course yes. features an amazing attorney, Atticus Finch. Um, I mean, I fictional, but <laughs> um, yeah, that is, that is my favorite book. I've read it. I, I've lost count. It could be close to a hundred times now. I used to teach oh. it and um, my first teaching job was in the middle of the West Tampa projects. And um, my students were predominantly African-American and seeing them read that book and engage with the text and get angry at uh, the conviction, the wrongful conviction of, of a black man during this time period, um, it, it just it created amazing discussions with us. And it felt really great to have these kids feel something about a book. Um, so, and I've never stopped loving it. I read it for the first time when I was in high school and I own special editions on my all over oh, here so that. yeah I'm, so are I'm, you prepared to when your kids read it are you gonna like hold back <laughs> I'm gonna try really hard but I've owned several copies that I've annotated so frequently that they've just fallen apart <laughs> so I don't know um my husband still actually hasn't read it he he uh says that we had a um an agreement that I would read his favorite book and he, I was reading the twilight series. So he read the twilight series. And so I read his favorite book and he read twilight series. So he shouldn't have to read (laughs) to kill a mockingbird. I think you tell him he is not allowed to read kill a mockingbird. It is now off limits. (laughs) 
It is now your own love and you do not want to share it with anyone else. It's, it's it mine. <laughs> only those who want to read it should read it. I 100% because you have to be in the mindset yeah. to really receive that book. Yes. Um, yeah. So what, uh, what time is your session um, for the Annapolis Book Festival? It's four? Ah, I know I should know that. I don't remember. Well, it's, I, it's, it's definitely, it's, we'll link the um, schedule below, um, but I know it's later in the afternoon, like three, I think, or three thirty, something like that. Um, come visit me because I've never been to this book festival. Cool. We'll come meet you. <laughs> yes, I would love that. We'll, uh, we'll hang out because this is, this is going to be a first for me too. This is, yeah, this is our first time doing um, any sort of book festival. So we're really excited to be part of it, um, especially it being at the key school. I'm a librarian. I used to be a teacher, so I love that. Um, and I'm just really amazed at the quality of authors that they're going to have. So I'm, I'm really excited to be there and excited to meet you in person. That would be great. Um, Thanks. You too. And I'm so excited to meet these other authors too. Oh, yeah. Um, it's, I feel like I need to cram all their books in before I get there so that. <laughs> yeah, I've been cramming in a lot of books lately. I um, Because I was also preparing for Battle of the Books. I'm in charge of that for the library where I work. Um, I have, I read like something like close to 30 books in like three weeks. I never read that fast, but it was just a lot at once because I was doing all the things. Um some of them were children's books, so they were shorter, but still. <laughs> I'm feeling like there's no way I could get 30 in. I mean, you know. I don't know how I did it. I actually ended up taking a break in reading um, one of Olivia Dade's books, which is just like smutty loveliness because I was just like, I need a smut break. That's what I call it when I need to detox. I need a smut break. <laughs> yes, that I, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> well, I need to not think for a little bit. Yes. I need to give my brain a little bit of a break. Yes, 100%. That yeah. is me. I, I need to decompress, read some smut. It's all good. <laughs> all right. Well, when you read, please don't say you're sorry. Know that I made the margins wider for you to take notes. Of oh, good to know. Good to know. And to ask yourself questions. And uh, when you get that far, you feel free to let me know. And we will, uh, we'll talk about all the stuff. Yeah. All the smut I see on a daily basis <laughs> or that have a different a kind of smut. <laughs> yes, I mean, you know, there's not a lot that surprises me. So whatever <laughs> your smut is, I'll match it. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. Well, uh, thank you so much for taking the time today to meet with me. And um, I'm so excited to see you at the Annapolis Book Festival. Um, the Annapolis Book Festival, again, is on April 29th and it is at the Key School in Annapolis. And we've had a link on our website and on our social media, and we'll link it again below. And you can see Nicole Sodoma there to talk about her book, Please Don't Say You're Sorry, and many other authors. Um, so is there any last words, parting words from you? You are amazing, April. Thank Aww. you for all you do. Thanks for having me on. Thank it was you. so great getting to know you. Thank you. Great to know you too. <laughs> all right. Yes. Until next time, besties, get lost in your favorite book. Bye. Thank you for joining us on Book Besties. Don't forget to like and subscribe. The views discussed here are those of Molly and April, not those of anyone else. Today was a bonus episode and re-release of April's interview with author of Please Don't Say You're Sorry, Nicole Sodoma. Your book besties are Molly Biggs and April Watkins. Editing by Thomas Watkins and music is Sleep Sweetly by Prigida.
Just a reminder, the besties will be on break this summer. New episodes will resume in September. In the meantime, don't forget to follow Book Besties on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. If you'd like to contact the Book Besties, please email us at bookbestiespod at gmail.com or visit our website, bookbestiespodcast.com. Until next time, besties, get lost in your favorite book.